really going to limit your ability to not go on tilt as well. Yeah, man. If I get down, if I get buried like 50 points out of the gate on Thursday, although I shouldn't even say that because there's a very good chance of me being down 50 plus. The weekly fantasy roundup hosted by Andrew Skinner and Joel Bryant. Andrew. Joel. How are you now? Good and you. That's fucking wonderful. Yeah. I prefer uh, if you call me Duke after my new favorite player. I will call you nothing that you ask me to call you. No. Okay. Fuck. And you'll like it. Shut that down right away. That's right. You got any other pet names you want me to call you that I'll shoot down? It was uh, Duke after Duke Johnson. Yeah, you bet. That you, uh, you want me to call you Papa or something too, eh? No, maybe if I win, Big Papa. No. I mean, you can do our own rendition of Big Papa on the podcast. We won't be doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next stupid idea, he says. Yep. All right, let's get this show on the road. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. Let's go ahead and get right into this, friend. Yep. So after the uh, fallout, we'll say, from my dropping of the kicker, I feel good knowing that the playoff teams were not affected. The only thing that would have been different was that Davin would have finished eighth. Uh, Spencer, Davin would have finished eighth at six and eight. Uh, Spencer would have bumped up to seven. So that would have been it. Davin yeah. and Spencer would have flip-flopped. So I don't feel too bad. I never felt bad, to be honest. But at least out for me. I, I didn't even want – I don't want nothing to do with Davin this week. I yeah. never thought I'd say that ever, but I just did. Right? Yeah, right. So, I don't want any part of it. I'm just glad. And, but you know what? Adam had the right attitude. I texted him Tuesday morning. I was like, ooh, it looks like me not starting a kicker cost you your season. He said, no, man, it wasn't you. He said, I picked up Guyton and didn't have the balls to stare at him. He said, if I put Guyton in there, we're talking about me as a playoff team. But he didn't. That's And that's kind of what the perspective or the take I thought Cam should have had on the matter. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I could have done this differently. But Cam was like, no, fuck you. It's your fault. Well, it was two totally different things because dinners, yes, dinners had nothing to do with you. Yeah, that's he right. Didn't, he didn't need you to win or lose. He needed to win himself. Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's see. Let's bring up uh, memes. What happened this week in NFL? Anything that... God damn it. Don't do the fucking meme thing. Why not? One goddamn time somebody says a meme bit was funny. Now every fucking week. Did you you see the meme? Did you see the meme? Nobody can see the meme. It's a fucking non-visual thing. It's a podcast. Okay, fine. Jesus. This is Jesus. why we have 20 fucking listens. Jesus. You're never going to make it anywhere. That, did you see the meme? Oh, my. To be to be fair, uh, we only have 18 people in the guillotine league, so if we have 20 listens, we're doing something right. Same. Jesus Christ. They're lowering our fucking capacities in arena again. Yeah. Same thing with the Leafs. 50, 50% effective Saturday. We're going in the wrong direction. 
Oh, I think I'm getting pandemic fatigue. Yeah. Oh man, I'm over it. Try I've been dealing with this shit all day today. I was just on a call like all afternoon. They're doing talking guidelines and what we're gonna do with split shifts and capacities and vehicles. Fuck off. Right. Just like I, I uh, delivered a package today, and when I went to go to the lady's door, the lady opened the door. She was like, oh, oh, hold on a second. Let me get my mask. She was like, I am vaccinated, though. I said, yeah, me too. I said, otherwise, I wouldn't have this job. And I'm just like, man, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like, What's lady, the thing on my site? Everybody's got to be vaccinated to be there. So Right? Like, the lady is in her porch. She can't just take the package from me. Oh, hold on. Let me grab a mask first. Come on, lady. Okay. Fuck. We've just earned ourselves a speech here. This is kind of tied to football because it's coming up there, too. Okay, here's how I see it, and maybe I'm getting ignorant about it. And I will, I will preclude this, preclude this by saying, I've been fucking, I don't give a shit all along. Like they were like, wear a mask, but wear a mask. Get vaccinated, I get vaccinated. Don't go out. Okay, your kid gets is around somebody at school that might have COVID. You got to stay home. All right, guess I'm working from home, which is remarkable for me because I'm not like exactly the most compliant person, but I haven't fucking cared. But what I picked up on this call today, and there was a doctor on it, was that the new variant stuff, what's it called? Omicron, whatever the fuck. People are getting testing positive, but they're not getting sick. And to me, those are two different things. They're not the same. No. And the whole point was to keep people from getting sick. Right. So maybe it's my... I'm becoming pandemic fatigued and I'm, I'm getting ignorant about it. But the way that I see it, I think we're starting to get to a point where we got to live with this and science is maybe giving us the tools to live with it. To deal with it. Yeah. Like, is that not the entire point of the vaccine? If we are still getting COVID, but we're not uh, dying from COVID in the record numbers we were prior, or we're not getting sick at all. We're just having to quarantine to right. prevent the spread like is that not what the vaccine was all about i don't know man the doctor said on the call specifically that this variant is appearing to be much more transmissible but the symptoms are a lot more mild yeah and i was the guy that i swear everybody was like oh buddy from alberta has a problem so you're saying it's a cold yeah right like isn't that what we were shooting for here yeah right we've reduced it to a head cold that's a win. And we, we got it so we're still testing. Like if you if you get come up positive, you go home. That's what they're doing in sports. You don't go around people. You got, you got COVID, so you go home. Yeah. I just, fuck, I'm st- I think I'm starting to lose it. Oh, man, I'm with you. I'm just tired. You know, I'm just tired. I'm in the process trying to book a trip in January to see my brother in Halifax. I haven't met my second or third nephew yet. And I'm already at the point where I don't even think I'm going to get to go because – all these new cases now and like his kids are locked out of school for a week to try to um, like fuck man i just yeah guy i work with has a he's got a cruise in february that's been postponed like three times throughout covid and they they keep giving them rebates where it's been postponed so his cruise is like a month long and they get like free booze and free everything on the whole thing it's also it's like is it every time the thing gets postponed the cruise gets a little longer and a little longer have they just given him more free shit to like make up for the idea that it's been canceled? 
Nice. So he was just saying at the end of the day that he thinks his cruise is going to be postponed again. And I was like, fuck, man. Just ends up to be a permanent cruise by the time he finally gets to go. And you'd think that a cruise is a fairly manageable thing now. Like everybody has to rapid test before they get on. And then he had said like every every stop they make, they had to get a test before they went on land and they had to get a test when they were to come back. Yeah, you think in theory, if people like, and I'm just specifically using the example of a cruise, I feel like you said everyone is rapid testing prior to getting on. You're on a fucking boat. Exactly. You're on your own little floating island. In theory, nobody on the boat would have COVID. And as long as you traveled to places nobody got on, nobody got off, could you not fucking live your best life while you're on there? It's all very strange. Maybe I'm turning into a, one of the ignorant Albertans here, but fuck, man. Like 80% of 90% of the country is vaccinated now. Like Ang- Angry man yells at COVID cloud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In uh, football-related news, we sadly lost a legend of the game this week. Demarius Thomas passed away uh, from medical complications at the age of 33 uh pretty young i don't know it sounds like he was having seizure problems for like the last year oh really they figured that he had a seizure in the shower and something something happened oh no i had no idea man yeah he's only 33 yeah that's young man fuck that was four years ago for me i i can't imagine you know, it's, it's, but that is the NFL, right? These players come and go so quickly. Like you don't even realize just how young these guys are, you know, not to deviate yeah. from what we're talking about. Like think about Todd Gurley. If somebody pulled you, Joel, off the street and said, Hey, Joel, how old's Todd Gurley? What would you say? 35, 36? Cause it feels like we've been talking about him forever. Like dude's 27 years old. He's a child. And we already talk about Todd Gurley like he's a fucking old man with arthritis knees and can't do anything. Like, he's a fucking kid, man. I go the other way on it. I I find that as a hockey first guy, when it comes to hockey, like, they all seem to retire 38, 39, 40. Right. So when you haven't seen a guy for five, six years, you just assume that he's fucking damn near 50. Right. And when it comes to the, the football thing, you got to remind yourself that, oh, yeah, fuck, right. he retired when he was like 27. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, back to Demarius Thomas. Uh, this week past, the Lions played the Broncos. And the first play of the game, they honored Thomas by only sending 11 players on the field. And yeah. they left the position of the X receiver, which was Thomas's position open. And then they didn't snap the ball. Uh, was assessed a delay game penalty and in a uh, move of pure class, the lines, of course, declined the penalty just as like a unofficial moment of silence for Thomas. I thought that was pretty cool. It's way classier from them than it would be for most because they could really use that penalty. <laughs> yeah, right. The season the lines are having, Dan Campbell must have had to bite his fucking tongue off not to I take that I wonder if they penalty. talked about it beforehand. Uh, if they had planned this probably. or if anything and and dan campbell was like yeah well we'll uh, i'm trying to save a job we'll do we'll decline that penalty i uh, guess fuck yeah right dan campbell over there just like flexing so hard through his shirt like i really want to take this yeah. no i i that's something that 
I mean, it was probably discussed, but if Dan Campbell, like, and the irony is that Dan Campbell played in the league while Demarius was in the league. So he's got to know him probably on a personal level as well. But I'd say, even if it wasn't discussed, when it was probably a snap reaction to, yeah, when Dan sees the Broncos take the field on the first play of the game, clearly only 10 players, even yeah. if it wasn't discussed he would have figured out pretty quickly what was going on. So these guys are all warriors sharing a battlefield at the end of the day, right? There's a lot yep, of respect. Right. Yep, absolutely. So good on the lines and uh, good on the Broncos for honoring Demarius Thomas. I got to say, man, I, as a fantasy football guy, I loved Demarius Thomas, even not even as a fantasy football guy, as a football guy, he was just one of those receivers that fucking changed the game. You know, he was, he was a first- pat sinker. Yeah, that's right. He was Love one that of the first. Him. He was one of the first receivers off the board every year in his prime. Man, like Demarius Thomas was one of these guys that you just had to have for fantasy. You know, he was the X factor. I look back to that uh, that playoff game against the Steelers. Man, that fucking play in overtime, first fucking play in overtime. Demarius catches like a four yard slant, just house eighty yards touchdown. Game over. Thanks for playing. Tim Tebow's freaking out, praying to the good Lord. Demarius is like, holy fuck, it's just the sickest fucking play, man. You know, you wanted like a, awesome. you wanted like a Reggie Wayne or, or Randy Moss or Brandon Marshall or Demarius Thomas on your teams. Yep, absolutely, that, man. From that era. Yeah, it's hard to lose a guy like that, especially uh, so young, man. And it, it's really sad, you know, when you play a sport your whole life, you're good enough to become a pro, you know, you play for your six, eight years, however long it was, you make fucking bank. And then you're in your early thirties, just like living the dream. You know, you've got bajillions of dollars in the bank, you know, and you're still young and not a chance to enjoy it, man. That's sad. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on now and talk about what went down in week 14 TBL. You don't want to talk about a meme. Did you see uh, the meme? Uh, yeah. I mean, we brought up memes a couple times on the show, but honestly, I mean, how many memes can we talk about friend? I mean, it's cool if you want to go and talk about memes all the time, but I would just rather be progressive and move on and, you know, discuss. Oh, fuck off. So, week 14, last week of the playoffs, as we discussed last week, there were many teams in contention. And I got to be honest, it did not play out as I saw. But I will say, before we get into what went down, I will say as commissioner and as someone who thinks that loser sub-500 teams do not belong in the playoffs, Commissioner Skindai got what he wanted this year because every team in the playoffs is at least 7-7. So, yeah. Yeah, for that. No loser teams in playoffs this year. That's good. I have okay. a question about that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, friend. Um, Because the whole records thing. So my question yes. would be one, two, three, four. Well, whenever you one, do this, you six, always seven, shit on my team. Eight. Well, that's 100% where I'm headed. <laughs> so since we can have no shitty team no seed no losing record teams in the playoffs why is it that we can have you as the eighth highest scoring eighth lowest scoring team as the third seed because i have more wins than some of the other teams friend 
you know, seven teams that have scored more points in the run of a season. We don't sort the playoff teams by points for. We sort them by wins and losses. No, we don't, but the points for are what lead to those wins and losses. So clearly there's some good fortune in there. Like, what's to say that? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, none I, of the bottom teams scored more than you. The irony so. is that if I made one different lineup decision last week, you'd be talking about my team as a 10 and four team first place, which is crazy yep. to think. So I've had a, again, we've, we talked about this for the first six weeks of the regular season and the last eight weeks of the regular season were two different stories for my team. My I guess team, my point is records don't tell the whole story. No, they never do. This is every year, man. So you can have every a, single year. What did we have last year? Five and eight team, two, five and eight teams in the finals. Two, five and eight teams in the final. Yep. The seventh and eighth place team. Some fucking hell. Yeah. I bet they would tell you that they belonged in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. I don't foresee that happening this year, but you never know. So that angle has more to do with the whole, we should have a 16 playoff. Hey, because that seems to be something that comes up every single year, dude. I put that to vote last year. I was fucking pissed. Like, don't get me wrong. Cheers to Gary and Justin for making it to the finals with their fucking LOL teams last year. But mm-hmm. as a commissioner, as a competitive fantasy football player, I was pissed. I put that up to a vote, and it was shot down immediately. I don't I even think, think playoff guys are a joke. I voted Complete against it for sure. Yeah. Like you can limp dick your way all the way to first or second and get a buy. Good for you. But you, as far as I'm concerned, like if you can't get through three teams, you don't deserve to win. And that's fair. But maybe then if we insist on sticking with eight playoff teams, we should reward uh, the manager whose team finishes first in the regular season with some sort of monetary prize, maybe even like set aside 80 or 75, whatever our buying is. You know, just for something to be like, hey, congrats on finishing first. I don't know. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, there's got to be hand something. job. Uh, not big into hand jobs, but maybe we. Are, can are you s- big into getting one? Getting one, yeah. Oh, would you say that the first place team gives hand jobs? No, 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 no. I was the first place team. I'm giving shit. Oh, you were. I'm waiting for mine. Oh well, no. That's who's going to give it to you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Any port to storm? That's not the part I'm worried about. Okay. Anyway, let's <laughs> briefly touch on the matches in week 14. Uh, myself, Turd Ferguson, fell to the Roundhousers by a narrow margin of 165 to 160. Davin pulled out the win largely on the back of Aaron Rodgers, Mike Evans, Jarvis Landry, and Jamar Chase. Titans defense was also huge in shutting out the Jags. Nice team, by the way, Jokesonville. I went to nine and five, and Davin, with the win, won himself into the playoffs for the first time in his TBLC existence. Good for him. First time he didn't finish last? I think this is the first time he did not finish last in the regular season. Yeah, I did what not. A, what a jump. I did not vet that, but this is what he said in the group chat, and I figure he'd be more in tuned with uh, how he's done on a yearly basis. So it's worth noting that Davin proclaimed that NFL.com suggested he was going to finish 14-0, and and he did 
roughly half of that. So, but hey, you made the playoffs. Who gives a fuck what your win loss record was? I don't know if he's done. I don't think he's done either. I think I had said, watch out for Davin coming in. I didn't want to play him in the first round. Nope. I'm glad I don't have to play him either. So for a guy who's historically dead fucking last coming to the playoffs and all of a sudden being like a threat. Could be an impact for sure. Got a nice fucking roster. We'll talk about that momentarily. Uh, Next matchup, Costanza versus Team Dinner. Another close matchup. Costanza defeated Team Dinner by score of 145 to 140. Team Dinner needed this win as the loss proved costly. Loss fell Team Dinner to 6-8, and and he did finish outside the playoff picture in ninth place. Fuck, that's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Team Dinner made a couple of big moves leading up to the playoffs, and we said that we thought he had a championship caliber team. So it's rough that he didn't get in, but from our perspectives, I think we can fucking breathe a sigh of relief. Thank God. Got a little lucky. If he got Edmonds and Ridley and Pittman in there, man, going to the playoffs, I think he would have just fucking mowed teams down. So. And he took a lot of good players with him out of the playoffs that you won't have to worry yep. about anymore. Thank you. Josh Ray. Allen, Berkeley, Kelsey, Samuel, Debo, Samuel. Debo yep. See ya, see ya, bye. So, yep. And he, he missed out on playoffs by, by four fucking points. Yep, four points. Very sad. When I spoke to Team Dinner about his loss, he said, hey, the points were there. He said, I just didn't set the right lineup. He said, I picked up Guyton. The intentions of starting him, and then never had the balls to put him in. So he managed to hit on the KJ Osborne dare throw, but just couldn't bring himself to benching flavor of the month, Darnell Mooney. And it is what cost him his season, unfortunately. Ouch. Yep. Next matchup Cove Cowboys disposed of the Labrador Colts by score 163 to 142. It's noteworthy that Cam put up. 163 points despite Lamar putting up 1.18. Jesus, have a week. Yeah, that's a convenient time to get hot. Yeah, 163 was the second highest score of the week, and that's with less than a toonie out of your fucking QB. And that's with uh, Darren Waller out and a dart through a tight end, and he had Swift out too. Yeah, because Higby had, uh, had COVID issues, and he had to pick up whoever the fuck Kendall Blen, Kyle Blen. I don't even yeah, know. He's the guy that replaced Higby. Looking at Cam's team, this is another team that I think fuck up not facing this team in the playoffs. This team is on the playoff bubble, and with his huge points for overall, he jumped all the way to fifth. Yeah, uh, he went from in to out to barely in to up to fifth. To luck the fuck out. Yep. He uh, made a couple of bold moves coming into the playoffs. Uh, barely, barely squeezed in, but he got in, and now he's looking to do some damage. Cove Cowboys rounded out the regular season by finishing 7-7, seven and seven, and Labrador Cole said, thank fucking God this is over. Finished 3-11. and 11. Then we had Clyde Edwards to spare defeat Shogun Master by score of 140 to 122. Clyde Edwards Spear improved to 9 to 5 with the win and actually leapfrogged leapfrogged? Leapfrogged? Leapfrogged myself moving to second. Jesus. Fuck. Leapfrogged. <laughs> Fuck me. 
Uh, leap lep frogged. Oh fuck's sake! He leapfrogged me to move into second place, the nine of five record, and Shogun Master probably the least deserving team in the playoffs. Finished seven to seven, and finally fell into the eighth playoff spot. We were dropping screenshots and fucking gifts in the chat about Spencer not setting his lineup against Justin, how it was going to cost him, but the fantasy football guys, he almost fucking got it, yep. They bailed him out at the last second. Yep, they bailed him out. With dinner's four points. Yep, this team looks... Anyway, we'll touch on uh, that momentarily. You think power is going to be pumped when he realizes he made the playoffs in a couple weeks? Yeah, I think think I'll be excited, yep. I'm sure he'll get the notification at some point. Let's see, moving on. Four verticals. This is a bit of a shocker. Four verticals defeated you by a score of 150 to 121. You ended the uh, regular season with a loss. I'm sure that's not what you envisioned heading into this match as we both predicted you to win. I said it was possible. I said I was only going to score like 110, 115, and I actually beat that by a little bit. It's just Ryan had a career week. Yeah, Ryan had a career. definitely a career week for him. Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> he scored two of his other weeks in one that's right uh shout out to ryan for picking up certain shot penny i did not even know that was a thing heading into last week ryan came swinging for his last week after what justin did to him the week before yeah every one of his players except dk metcalf of all people weren't in double digits how about that yeah. Justin, with his fucking category five boner took a run at him from across the room just flying inserted him and ryan was like that'll never happen again yeah you uh 150 you took a couple of bad beats heading into the playoffs friend looks like you got deandre hopkins out for the remainder of the regular season which is tough and i don't even know what the fuck is going on with james robson four rushing yards what the fuck is going on i don't fucking know i'm not worried about that that's last week problems yeah, I hear you. It'd be nice if I could have a receiver stay alive for more than two weeks, though. I will admit that. Yep. Jesus, from Woods to A.J. Brown, to, I I just got rid of Elijah Moore before he was hurt. And yep. you know, Hopkins, like, fuck It's crazy. Your team, at its best with the wide receivers, are Hopkins, Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, Deontay in the flex. Now it's, what, A.J. Green? Devonta Smith is my wide receiver, oh, too. no. Oh, no. That's not good. But you do have you have Jonathan Taylor and Kyler Murray. You'll be all right. Uh, with the win, Ryan managed to salvage some shredded de- decency, finished 6-8. and eight. And with the loss, you fell to 9-5, but still retained first overall based on your points for Great job. Great season. And finally, football team went out on a high note. Defeat of no super U by score of 156 to 126. Uh, Justin's big score. Let's see. He got 70 points out of Brady and Cook. Yeah, that's pretty good. Glad we don't have to see Dalvin Cook in the playoffs. I was going to say thank you for taking Dalvin Cook out of the playoffs because I yep. think he's getting see hot at the right time. Yep. Uh, so... Justin went ahead, got himself a win, rounded out his regular season, finished six and eight, 
10th uh, place just outside the playoffs. Uh, Bishop actually skidded into playoffs with three losses in a row. He finished 7 and 7 and slotted into 6th place. Yeah, Bishop limping into the playoffs, eh? Yep, limped in. Not good. Poor guy. He's taking a dive in the last few weeks. Yep. Let's hope he keeps that skid going in the playoffs. Wow. Nice segue. Pro move. Well, that's right. So standings, or at least, yeah, the standings. Okay. So grab Skinner tattoo yourself. Finish first tied with myself, Clyde Edwards Spare, but based on points four, you were the first overall. You finished uh, 14 points ahead of power. So power finished second, nine and five. I finished third, nine and five. Gary finished fourth all by himself, eight and six. Cove Cowboys, fifth, seven and seven. No soup for you. Sixth, seven and seven. Roundhousers, seventh, seven and seven. And Shogun Master, eighth, seven and seven. Bye-bye to everybody else. Yep, we say goodbye to Team Dinner, Football Team, Four Verticals, and Labrador Colts. With the elimination of Football Team, we will officially have a brand new champion, TVLC, this year. I think somebody good was always going to go. Like That became clear weeks ago when we were harping on the whole make-a-trade deal. Yep. Because I mean, Sean was out of it, and he was still he was still punching, but Ryan and Justin were were fading weeks ago. We saw that, but after that, it was there's nine teams in eight spots. Yeah, who's I'm surprised. Gonna, who's gonna it, go? And dinner I'm surprised got it went down like it did. I really thought dinner would be the one that um, found his way into a playoff spot, and I really thought Spencer was going to get burned for his uh, lack of lineup. It was all over the place, right to the wire. Yep. Oh, it really was. It came right down to Monday night. Yeah. Dinner was sweating out. Uh, he needed less than 63 out of Cup and Stafford and Sony Michelle on Gary's team. But felt a little guilty for telling him he was fine on Sunday night. Yeah. Oops. I don't you're, know shit. You're good. Don't worry about it. Just yeah. kidding. You're, out. you're fine. Nothing to worry about. That's good. Uh, I don't think TBLC was ready for any three time champs anyway. So, and of the remaining eight teams, only two of us are former champs, myself and you, friend. So, six of us. Really? Yep, that's right. Nobody else seen has ever won a title here. So, the odds are that we could have a, a first-time champ out of this. Yep, odds are, yep. Will it go down like that? Time will tell. There's been plenty of teams that have made the finals here before, though. C Power has been the finals. Gary Nolan lost the Cam finals has made last it for, year. Hasn't he? I don't think so. Cam, for all of Cam's fantasy. Yes, the year that I won, I beat Cam in the finals. Acumen. I don't think Cam's ever been to the finals here. Uh, Bishop has just made a... let you know I, I beat him in the finals the year I won. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, disagree then. Because we were playing in the finals in two pools at once. One was the other one whose name we shall not speak. Huh. And he won one and I won the other one. Oh, interesting. That is very interesting. I did not know yeah. it. The more you know. The more you uh, no know. soup for you has never been to the finals here, although he's only been in the league 
It's like his third year, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is his second or third season. And Davin the Roundhousers, as we've noted, um, this is his, his first playoff experience. Yep, his first year not finishing with 12 in parentheses next to his name. <laughs> so forget yeah. to talk about him in the finals. This is we're taking baby steps with Davin. Davin woke up today and was like, Jesus Christ, you, you still have a lineup in this point? Yeah, like whoa, week, what week I... fifteen, and there's players. Yeah. I'm you in a matchup. It's December, and I have to like set a lineup. What? Uh, and he went. What do I do? Yeah, what do I do now? Frozen now. That's right. Uh, Shogun Master. I'm not sure. Spencer's been around for a real long time. I do not recall him making the finals at any point. Spencer lost in the finals in 2013. There you go. The more you know. Wow, talk about standard scoring. Mike Beatum by scored 94.3 to 76.78. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was a big score then, too. Yeah. So, the regular season in the books. It's now time for the fantasy playoffs. What we've all been fucking waiting for. Let's go. I figure we can start with your match first, considering you finished first place. I figure we'll give you the honors going first. Guy with the Skinner tattoo, first place, takes on the aforementioned Shogun Master Spencer, eighth place. This match is looking to be not a whole lot going on. Spencer is apparently so confident he's going to beat you. He's only playing Austin Eckler this week. So we got Austin Eckler against James Robinson and injured DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, you got Noah Phantom there, Packers D. So you guys are both playing lineup shenanigans. This is interesting. Are you? He uh, fucking started it. I woke up and he was using my own move against me. <laughs> You're like that motherfucker. It's nice Sorry. to be looked up to. That's unique too, because I don't recall you and Spence having any kind of rivalry, but like. The yeah. second the matchup was sent, he just threw everyone on the bench. <laughs> I was up at six in the morning and he had a chuck to the bench before then. You're like, this cocksucker motherfucker. So this cunt beat me to the table at my own fucking move. <laughs> yep. Good so on him. You. Good on him. I like trying to do a little head games. There we. You just left a few players in there. This is like a hybrid of your move. You're like, oh, I'll leave some guys in there. Some guys I won't bother. What am I playing? You don't know. I know it makes for some difficult predictions because I don't have a fucking clue what's happening here. I can tell you his lineup right now if that helps you. Hurts, um, Eckler and Sanders if they're healthy, obviously. He's got Justin Jefferson as a lock, and then he's got Russell Gage and who's the other receiver? Because he's only got three receivers on Brandon his fucking Cooks. team. Brandon Cooks. So those are his three receivers. Right. Schultz is going to play. He's only got the one kicker, and he's going to play the Cardinals defense at Detroit. That is his whole lineup. And just so you know, it's projected around 138 points. Wow. Does that, does that help? Interesting. Look at you. Yeah, that helps, yeah. What you can't fucking your... do this to me. I invented this move. <laughs> You're like, I fucking started this. What do, you, uh, what do you project for your lineup, friend? Care to give us any insight? I don't like doing this with my own lineup. I'd just rather not. 
in playoff time, yeah, we get what we get. I'm fucking not liking the the injury shit that I'm starting to go through here and the the bad beats that I'm taking coming into the playoffs. Yeah, Hopkins is tough for sure. Remember way back when, when I was actually winning, that you were like, so when does your stride end? Right. And I said, well, some weeks, some some years it's in the finals and other years it's as we go into the playoffs. Yeah. I'm getting bad fucking juju. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. It's too many uh, red flags popping up. Some injuries are more significant than others, but you, I mean, you went all in to acquire the Hopkins Murray stack at the deadline only yeah. to just get fucked. <laughs> now it's a Kyler AJ, AJ Green, Green stack. Ugh. Uh, and I said I'm I, not a big stack guy. So and I'm I, not, look, I, I don't want to, I'm not saying this just because it's you, but I fear that the reason why AJ Green has been so productive for Arizona is the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is on the other side of the field. If he's going to suddenly be the one, man, I don't know. Except for all those weeks that Hopkins was injured. I mean, other than that, he might be onto something. Who knows? Listen, I'm just, I'm just saying, man. Not no, only I'm that, saying it could be totally credible. Who the fuck knows? Who knows? Not only that, they're playing Detroit. Not very good. They could get up early. Do they get up through a James Sid Kyler yeah. attack? You know, so it might be. It might to the beat to the point they're up so big so soon. AJ Green might not be relevant. So you got to hope from your perspective that the reason they're up so big is because AJ Green got them there. But so who's who said AJ Green makes my lineup this week? I I don't know. You know, roll the dice on Bateman. Could he had, big, he had a big week last week, but the week before that he had zero. Maybe I like something on the wire. I'm gonna have a spot here when Hopkins. Could yeah, does you what Devontae does. Smith, but we've already talked about Devontae Smith's ceiling for you since you got him has been 10 points. Washington's a plus matchup, sure. But again, the problem with Smith for you is that he's got hurts, so you won't benefit really from having Smith in your lineup this week. How would that not benefit me? Yeah, I guess it benefits you more so than it benefits him you would because if, if Hertz throws a passing touchdown I got a decent chance of sawing him off yeah that's right you'd be sawing off that's right Good so point. Smith probably makes my lineup yeah that seems reasonable uh Taylor I obviously love but New England man that New England defense has been tricky tricky to run on Taylor's matchup proof yeah I still think Taylor gets you 20 but that's his floor. I don't think you're going to see ceiling game out of him, which is unfortunate because with the DeAndre injury, you're certainly looking for extra points in other places. I think your biggest play of the week is going to probably be Deontay Johnson in a super duper plus matchup against Tennessee. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Fucking pissing me off. I had my team like set. Yeah. Exactly how I want it now. All this dumb fucking shit's happening, and I'm already getting agitated with it. Right. James Robinson should be a super duper plus matchup against Houston, but is Urban Meyer going to allow such a thing? The one seed against the eight seed. I know you're biased, but is there any upset potential here? Do you think that you just pull it off? You know what I think? I think it's the playoffs, and there's always upset potential. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it last year. We had the seventh and eighth team in the finals. It was literally straight upsets through to the finals. It was crazy. It's, it's any given Sunday mode now, right to the finish yeah. line. Yeah. All I can tell you is that you're fortunate that he's got C. McCaffrey and E. Moore in the IR because if those guys were healthy, I mean, Elijah Moore was fucking melting defenses before he went on season ending IR. Yeah. McCaffrey. I like that. Even though McCaffrey's out for the year, the, the Panthers are like, uh, he got COVID. We're, we're going to shuffle him over to this IR. <laughs> Rolls. Like, what does what? it matter? Who gives a fuck? Uh, who knows? They're fucking Any- losing it. I see Spencer's bench is projected for 164 points. That's a little intimidating. Interesting. Interesting that he picked up Tua. That would have been a pickup today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So maybe he's not all in on Jalen. Either he's worried about the question mark or he likes Tua in a plus matchup against the Jets. That's interesting. Tua, no. Jalen Hurts is trending upwards from a high left ankle spring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think... I think Jalen's going to play. It's just it's at least noteworthy that he grabbed two of maybe he's playing a little keep away. I think it's just insurance policy because it, because Hertz was a late scratch last Sunday, right? That's right. Like late scratch. So he just wants to be prepared. I respect that. Uh, I think that, I mean, I've said it myself that Spencer is the fortunate playoff team amongst a bunch. I think that Spencer is just not just doesn't have the team to overcome taking on the first place team in the first round despite the question mark with Eckler you know I think I don't know man I don't know I don't well think- as a first place team you take AJ Brown away for the last few weeks you take Hopkins away you take on whatever the fuck's going on with Robinson yeah you, like maybe not even a first place team anymore like yeah, as you're an eighth right. seed, he might be playing the fourth or fifth seed here. Yeah, that's right. But he's also come, suffered a couple of injuries too. I oh, don't yeah. know. I think, I think this one's going to be really close. To be honest, it I is hope technically. Not, I don't like close. I'd much rather know that I'm dead out of the gate or or just crush him, just crushing him into oblivion. Yeah, yeah. As we've learned, close. as we've learned with fantasy, it's rarely how it goes especially in playoffs yeah especially in playoffs this is a unique matchup because we got saturday games this week too you got a couple of saturday plays he's got a he got a couple saturday oh no he doesn't have saturday this match is what i knew that this match is going to be decided on monday night he's going to have jefferson left on monday god Damn it. Yep. So that is the last fucking thing I wanted to hear. Oh, yeah. It's his biggest player, too, on Monday night. So I'm going to be sitting on like a 30 point egg on Monday night and just watching Jefferson go off the rails. Uh, in Chicago, too, Aaron Rodgers just torched. What's in Chicago? I don't know. I'd say here's my prediction I don't know who's going to win. I project you're up by 22 points heading into Monday night and you'll have your kicker and a 22 point lead versus Jefferson. And that's going to be the sweat. So 
Yeah, I see a sweat, and I don't like that. As for a prediction, I got to go with you. It's just been too long of a season. You've been too active with your team. If nothing else, just based on the merit of the work you put in, you deserve a playoff win. So I'm going to predict you in a very, very narrow margin of victory, like less than less than six points. I like it. I don't what like do you sweat. Think? What do you I'm think? I'm not going to make a prediction. Ooh, abstaining. Abstain. I'm not going to karma myself either way. Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't stay out of it. I wouldn't associate any bad juju with making a prediction on your own playoff matchup, but I respect the position and may in fact take the same myself. I'm seeing a lot of juju. I'm not going to further accentuate the potential for more juju. Yep. Okay. I respect that. Let's move on to two versus seven now. Clyde Evers Despair versus the Roundhousers. Two of the hottest teams in TBLC clash. Yeah, this is the match of the week. Battle of two versus seven. Steve Power coming in with nine of five record, three wins in a row. Davin coming in with three wins in a row, seven and seven. All right, so getting into the matchup, two hottest teams in the league. Man, Davin, now we've been – We've been buttering up Gibson and this super workload without McKissick, but it's pretty clear that unless they are winning, if they're losing, they don't even look at Gibson. It's the most fucked up thing, man. Like they will target him in the passing game when they're winning and they'll give him all the carries when they're winning. But when they're losing, they don't even look at him, man. And I think it's because he's got fumble issues. I think think it's because he got fucking... They go down by two scores and they just air it out. He's got six lost fumbles on the season. Six, man. That's a lot. Jesus. Let's break down these lineups for Clyde Edwards Spear, Kirk Cousin, Edwards Alaire, Javante Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Renfro, Van Jefferson, Gronk, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Carlson, Dolphins D, the Jets. As for the Roundhousers, Rogers, Jacobs, Gibson, Evans, Hollywood, Jamar, Hawkinson, Mel Gordon, Pat Steed, Indy. Damn. Damn. As a matchup. Man, I'm, I'm, is, is it weird for me to say that I feel bad that one of these teams won't have a shot at the title? No, that's fair. Gavin's got Evans and Hollywood and Chase and his wide receiver. He's got fucking Landry on the COVID IR, man. Landry slots in there, too. Power's Interesting got, uh, that uh, Thielen and Gasicki on his bench. He's going to bench Gasicki. Yep. Mm. We got we got Javante and Mel Gordon going head-to-head. It'll be interested to see who's the more valuable back on Sunday as they tend to split things 50-50. Gavin's lost his Landry ticket, COVID. Yeah, I don't like that Powers got basically two dart throws in his lineup. I know Van Jefferson has been a little more stable since Woods left the picture, but still the third option. Now, he might be better this week because Odell is projected to miss with COVID. I would be looking at Kasiki in my flex if I were him. Yeah. I know, I know two tight ends is frowned on, but I like Kasiki over St. Brown against Arizona. Man, he might get feeling back yet. Might. Gesicki, yeah, man. I, I would have a tough time benching him. Tua and Gesicki have been in sync 
for the past few weeks. Got a matchup against the Jets there. Like, I guess I think St. Brown is more of like a home run, like break glass in case of emergency. Like if he is down 20 points and needs to take a shot on a huge game, because Detroit's going to have to throw the ball. Once yeah, St. Brown ever had that huge game, I guess he did have one 24 point week. Yeah. So, and Jasicki's more of like a 12 to 15 point ceiling. So, if he needs a home run, he might go St. Brown. But I'd say power comes with census and gets Jasicki in there. And this is tough. This is tough to call. Even the uh, NFL.com projections are basically neck and neck. Yeah, it's real close. I'm going to go with Davin. Yeah, you know what, man? I'm going with Davin too. I think Davin really? really. I think Davin makes the most of his uh, first appearance in the TBLC playoffs. I, think I thought he gets I would be the, a win. I thought it'd be the unpopular choice on that one. No, Rogers is obviously a little tough against Baltimore. Baltimore's a little tough against the pass, um, but I think he gets it done. So I am going with Davin. I am too. Okay, myself, Turd Ferguson. It's no soup for you. Two teams coming in with losses. Myself with one loss. Bishop with three losses. Early projections say I am a 12-point favorite, though I don't necessarily agree with that. This matchup is particularly interesting because on Thursday night, we are fucking pulling the gloves off, and we are fucking – we got Herbert and Mahomes head-to-head Thursday night, just QBs right at it, you know. We've said all season that Bishop's team is live or die based on how the Mahomes hill stack does. I personally like Chargers secondary, but – man, He's got just, half his team in that fucking game. Yeah, Mahomes, Hill, Hill, Mike Williams. I was man, I was really hoping Williams was gonna miss. This just feels like one of those games that Williams could fucking go off, and if he does, it's really gonna limit the impact that Herbert could have on this matchup. It's really gonna limit your ability to not go on tilt as well. Yeah, man. If I get down, if I get buried like fifty points out of the gate. On Thursday, although I shouldn't even say that because there was a very good chance of me being down 50 plus after oh, Thursday. There is. How could, how could I not? I've only got Herbert going. Yeah, he's, he's got, got three guys going. He could be down. I won't be this down. should be expected. Oh, fuck, man. He's got Tyler Bass. Fuck. Oh, this is over. Fuck. Yeah. It's over. Ring the fucking bell. Now, I uh, like yourself. Oh, not like yourself, not nearly as significant, but I've got Hunt doubtful for this week, and I've got Gaskin on the COVID IR. I, he might be back. I don't know for sure. I know I had to panic spend on fucking uh, Duke Johnson today. Side note, nobody so else. You never, did, you never did answer me. What was the runner-up bid for Duke? I Honestly, I I couldn't see it on my phone, but I don't know if there was another bid, which is the most, if that's, if that's the case, it's the most tilting thing. I know that I've got a lot plus matchups this week. Herbert roasted KC last time they played, and that was in KC. Mitchell mm-hmm. provided plays, super plus matchup against Atlanta. Johnson or Gaskin, whoever against the Jets, please and thank you, yes. 
Kittle against Atlanta. I mean, Mixon at Denver, DJ Moore at Buffalo, Mixon at, at tough. LA. Uh, more Buffalo is not so bad. I can just expect like a floor game. Lockett at LA, I'm not worried about. Nope. Pretty sure. Pretty sure the Seattle Seahawks have already played LA. Let me see. LA. Uh, yeah, Lockett only at 10.7. So that was in LA. This one's in Seattle. DK Metcalf is due for a week. Yep. No, that's a very good point. It's been all Lockett the last three weeks or so. Uh, Diggs is, I mean, the Carolina defense has been beatable last little while. I know it says red fifth fewest, but it was, it's been trending upward. So I am worried about DJ Moore this week. Uh, Mixon against Denver could be tough too. Um, but I think that the volumes here for Mixon that if he falls into the end zone, he'll should be, he should be okay. Bishop's got a lot of plus matchups too. Yeah, he does. But again, you know what? I'm going to let you make this prediction because I'm going to take the – I'm going to abstain myself. Oh, I'm going to pick you. So you pick me. Is there any rhyme or reason to that, or you just think that the two hosts move on to round two? I don't know if I'm as confident in that as I was in my first set. Yeah. I think this one's close. Patterson's got a tough matchup against San Francisco. Najee plus matchup against Tennessee. Mahomes, medium matchup against the Chargers. Hill, again, medium matchup. Williams, plus matchup against KC. But Keenan comes back, so that's noteworthy. Uh, The fucking Denver passing game has been dead. So Jerry Judy, just while he put a coffin in his wide receiver three. (laughs) Zach Ertz is hit or miss, but it's noteworthy that Hopkins is out. Hertz could be one of the prime beneficiaries of Hopkins being out of the lineup. So I don't know what to expect there. Ertz was really good when Kyler was out and then basically dead for the last two weeks without him. But now there's no Hopkins, so I don't know what to expect out of Hertz. Damian Harris, I don't know if Damian Harris is playing yet. Um, But Indy's got a tricky run defense. Buccaneers are playing... New Orleans with Taysom. They looked better last week with Kamara and Taysom running the ball everywhere. So I don't know, man. I, I think know. you eke them out. Yeah. I, I, but I it mean, really depends on that Thursday night game. Like I, I'll change my tune real quick tomorrow night if he has a lightning game out of those three guys in that game. Yeah. Well, like I'm going to obviously be trailing, but if I can, if I can weather the storm, I would love ideal situation for me would be to be down 20 points after Thursday. If I can be down 20 points, mm-hmm. I will be feeling good about the matchup going forward. If I'm down like 40-plus, I'm going to be fucking sweating right at the gate. You'll be see me fucking panic drop ahead. I'll be like, oh, God, I'm already on tilt. Like uh, I'm trying to measure it off of the, the projections. I'm seeing a lot of out to whack on either side, so that don't work like I think At Bishop's least. got a lot of low projections, but he's got one or two that are high. You've got some that are high, like Duke Johnson, 18 points. Um, you can't convince me that's going to fucking happen. Hey, I hear you. I so hear that you. evens it up a bit, but I still think you eke him out in the end. 
Yeah, I think and so. And it may too. come down to that Jerry Judy thing that you just explained. Yep. I'm glad, at least, and I thank the football gods that at least this will be over on Sunday night. So no no Monday switch for me. I'll know I'm dead. Yeah, the only thing we, we got going in the late game is the Bucks, Bucks defense. So I'm hoping that heading into that game, I've got like a 30-point lead, and it's all but over. Just hope that the Bucks don't score a touchdown on defense. So, right. But I'm going to officially abstain like yourself. I do not want to put that out in the atmosphere. So you pick me to win. I abstain. Taking my no juju approach. All right. You said that Clyde Edwards Spear against the Roundhouses was the match of the week, but I honestly think that Co-Stanza versus Cove Cowboys is going to be the match to watch this week. This match is going to have some fucking fireworks. Yeah, full disclosure, I never looked at this matchup when I stepped up. You've so. got the Stafford Cup stack that we've been raving about all year going against Seattle. Seattle's basically been dead on defense. Cam's got question mark in Lamar. I is Lamar going to play and is Swift going to play or is Cam? Is this just wishful thinking? Michael Carter designated to return from IR and will play. Lamar didn't practice Wednesday. Yeah, I don't, man, I don't know if Lamar plays, to be honest. I don't either. I'd say Cam's regretting that trade for Darren Wilder right about now as he is going to not play again this week. Really? Yep. Cam's getting desperate when he's picking up the likes of Jamichael Hasty. Christ almighty. Cam should pick himself up a fucking backup quarterback. You think Gary is secretly hoping that Daryl Henderson comes back so he can get back to that Zeke Pollard stack? (laughs) (laughs) Gary's like, what do you mean only one Cowboys running back? Although, man, Zeke is fucking dead this year. Holy is Henry, is uh, Daryl Henderson set to play? What's the deal with him? Uh, he missed last week, and he is iffy on this week. The problem now is that Michelle's been so good that they're looking at timeshare, I'd say. I'm picking Cam. I feel like if Nolan wins, it would be a bit of a dunk. <laughs> like, even with the Lamar thing on the go and – could have told you this was coming from a fucking mile away. Nolan's got a lot of holes in his lineup. Oh, yeah. We got the Ooh. Sony Michelle thing. Julio Jones is dead. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why are we doing that? Michael Carter. Well, I Donovan's don't think that's going to work out. Donovan Peoples-Jones is interesting as he, him and Nick Chubb are the only healthy starters on offense in Cleveland right now. We got Baker, COVID. Landry, COVID. Hunt, injured. Like, it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones and fuck whoever the fuck their backup is. Case Keenum, maybe? I don't even know. I'm a big proponent for somebody having history behind them. If you're going to dart throw them. Andrews is a real big piece in this matchup if Lamar plays. Honestly, man, looking at Cam, Lamar questionable. I don't know if he plays. Swift, I really don't think he's going to play. I Man, I got to go with Gary Nolan. 
I, I mean, don't... if I was Cam, I would kind of be steering away from Lamar, even if he was healthy. Right. You want to put Andrews is going to sell him off in the right. that Green Bay matchup. I don't fucking like that. Lamar's passing pie is already too small. And when the guy that he throws the ball to 70% of the time is on your opponent's team, what are you getting at Lamar? You got to hope he runs one in. Yeah. I don't know. And I could very well see me if I still had Lamar sitting him and him going off for 50 points. So I... And how many, I mean, you've been fucking blowing the fucking Tampa Bay run defense all year. He's got Kamara against the Tampa Bay Rundy in Tampa. Yikes. That's real tough. Yeah. I uh I think uh I think Cam's one and done. I think that was Nolan. my part of my a big part of my decision to trade Fournette, even though it was a stupid decision. Yeah. Was that this uh this Tampa Saints game in week one, I I saw screwed me across the board. Yeah. See, I would not have for I I would not have thought. That would be a problem because you would think the Bucks would get up to a big enough lead that they would just lean on Fournette in a plus matchup or in a in a plus situation where they. Yeah, really but what does it matter if you can't go anywhere? Well, if they lean on him, you don't get points for touches. You know, if somebody leans on him, you don't point, get points for that. Points per attempt, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I think Cam. I'm not necessarily picking Gary on the strength of his team. I just yeah. think that Cam is in trouble. Those question marks this week and a couple of bad matchups for key guys. So I like I'm, Cam. I think Cam will be okay this week. Yeah, it's fine. We're split here. I think Gary Nolan pulls it off and gets back to the final four for the second year in a row. So to recap, you predict me to win. I predict you to win. Uh, you predict we're split on the Cove Cowboys versus Costanza. I pick Gary, you pick Cam, and we both predict that the Roundhousers upset Clyde Edwards' spear. I can't summary. Yeah, thanks. I cannot believe, man. Where the fuck did the regular season go? Holy yeah, it, fuck! It's gone. Feels he like don't. just yesterday you hopped on. Like, yeah, let's get our fucking alcohol podcast right. You know, I'll hop on. Why not? Yeah, what it's a worse terrible decision that was. That was fucking three months ago, man. Just zoom gone. Crazy. That was that was worse than trading for net. Oh, you don't mean that. You love this. Yeah. You're gonna be saying, "Hey, man, can we just hop on Wednesday night just for continuity, just chat?" Yeah. In like the middle of March. Hey, man, uh, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. Want to like. Uh, you want a podcast? Been a while since we chatted. Don't worry, baseball will be around the corner. Frank, are we going to resume this uh, duo for baseball? Oh, Christ. I don't know. Maybe. That might be a good idea. Oh, we got to, man. Got to. All right. Those are our playoff predictions for Week 15 TBLC. Pretty exciting. Playoffs are here again. Let's hope that, you know what, friend? I've to coin... One of my favorite segments, one of my TV shows when I was a kid. I used to love this show called Mad TV. And they had a segment called Lowered Expectations. That's what I've got for my team, TBLC, after crushing last year and only to lose in the first round. So this year, I, I obviously would love to win. But if I can just not go one and done, I would be happy as a pig and shit. So that just starts the ball. Like you, know, you win this week and you get to. No, but that'd be, be okay. Like, that'd be okay. Like, you know, if I could just get to the finals, like, I think I'd be happy with that. 
then you know if I can just win the next five yeah. years in a row, that'd be great. I could just be like the first. I could be like a two-time champ, but you know, I'd settle for that. If I could just be like a dynasty where I'm like in the finals every year. That'd be nice. <laughs> and that's how you set yourself up to fail. For failure, yep, that's right. All right. Let's... So you're gonna cover the roster thing or what? The roster thing? Yeah. What do you mean? The people uh, with incomplete lineups. So this week passed in my matchup with Devin. Well, first of all, I came on the podcast last week and said straight up, I'm not willing to drop Nick Folk for a kicker. I said, I'm in the playoffs. I think Nick Folk is very involved in the Patriots offense, and I'm just not willing to punt him. I'm not. I said, I think he's part of my long-term outlook for my team. Not willing to drop him, just to say, all right, I've got an, got a full lineup. Here we go. I said, I don't need it, so I'm not doing it. So that was it. So then as the matchup progresses, I get down a few points. I'm like, ah, fuck. Maybe I should go for that kicker after all. So I dropped someone. I don't remember who. Picked up Mason Crosby. Had him in the lineup. Then George Kittle. And um, Stefan Diggs get me almost 49 points. And I'm like, holy piss and shit. I'm killing it. Simultaneously, I get the note that Kareem Hunt has been injured and will not return to the game. I'm like, fuck sake. I said, well, okay, I don't need the kicker anyway. I got a couple of big scores out of two of my main guys. I'm going to now drop Crosby again, try to get ahead of the curve for next week. I said, I'm just going to grab Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles. I don't know if I'm going to need him for sure. I'm going to grab him, just get ahead of the curve in a league where we have waiver dollars. Every dollar is precious. Uh, $36 bids for Duke Johnson, notwithstanding. And I decided to try to get ahead of things by grabbing <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell uh, ahead of time, just in the event I may need him should Hunt turn out to uh, miss next week's game. So as the match is playing out, when I built this lead that I thought was insurmountable, Aaron Rodgers said, not so fast, four touchdowns, 37 points later. Fuck. Came down to Monday night. And his kicker, ironically, he needed um, 10 points out of his kicker. Anyway, long story short, his kicker got 14 points. And Davin went on to beat me by four points. Had I retained Mason Crosby, started him, I would have scored an additional nine points. I would have won the match. I would have finished 10 of four. Davin would have finished six and eight. Now, as it turns out, playoff teams were not affected. Thank God. As it turns out, had I started a full lineup, I would have been 10 and four. Davin would have been six and eight. He would have finished tied with team dinner. who also finished six and eight, but ironically enough, Davin scored more points on the season than team dinner. So the only difference would have been, I would have finished first. Shogun master would have finished seventh and Davin would have finished eighth. No other teams would have been affected. This caused quite a stir, specifically for one Cameron Stoyles jumped in the group chat and said, 
Uh, are we cool with the commissioner not setting a full lineup and maybe costing me my season? To the point where I started explaining to myself, like, look, I already said I wasn't picking up a kicker. You know, it's not my job to make sure you make the playoffs. I'm doing what's best for my team. Fuck off. And then shitstorm developed from there. So the issue is that there's nothing in the TBLC rules that states we must be stating or must be stating, must be starting a full lineup. And it's been made clear this season that teams don't always start full lineup like Chauvin Master, for example, who ironically messaged me on Sunday was like, hey, bro, you should pick up a kicker. To which I responded, hey, bro, if you set your fucking lineup against Justin, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So leave me the fuck alone. And then I was doing some further research and determined that earlier in the season, Cam actually didn't start a kicker himself against Team Dinner in one of his matchups. I'm like, man, what the fuck am I dealing with here? So anyway, it's definitely something that we need to discuss and put a formal rule in place one way or the other. Either uh, teams must start a full active lineup or Teams are free to do whatever they choose with their lineup to best manage their team, to best set them up for playoff run, whatever. But it's definitely something that caused enough controversy that we need to make a ruling and have a vote in the offseason about how to address this going forward. What say you, friend? I have lots of thoughts. I think there's lots of layers to this. First of all, I'll get the short ones out of the way. I think Bishop would be really proud of your evolution with regards to kickers over the course of the season. That's commendable because you went from who the fuck stashes a kicker to I will stash a kicker and you can all fuck yourselves. That's right. That was impressive. Number two, can we take the Kenneth Gainwell looking ahead thing off the table? Like nobody gets ahead with Kenneth Gainwell ever. That's not a thing. Well, you know, and I agree with you, but it was a free pickup. You know, at the time, like Miles Sanders missed the last game. Uh, Jordan Howard's been injured. It was just, again, if, if I thought it even had a 1% chance of helping my team come playoff week, I was doing it, and it was a chance at a free pickup. So I think the Eagles have proven that it's a 0% chance because they went, what, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, uh, yeah, Water he's Boy, had, he's had uh, relevant weeks. Jake Elliott, um, he's one of the cheerleaders. Weeks. They'll fucking do anything one before they go to Kenneth Gaywell. In the grand scheme of things, like you can't say that you did anything wrong because it's not against the rules. That's right. And I'm a big advocate for being able to do whatever's within your power within the rules. And to me, that's the problem it, it should be a rule yeah i agree and we can no we'll, we'll have a formal discussion on that it's been accepted all along everybody turned a blind eye to it right like spencer kind of mailed it in and we all kind of went what the fuck's he doing but nobody really cared and there was other people that went without kickers here and there um in reality he should have a fucking full lineup and i mean that's part of the challenge is having a full lineup because you got to make tough roster decisions yep so if you're rolling with a full lineup in that four bench spot, like do the tough thing, chuck a player and try to watch the mayhem when you try to buy him back next week. It only adds to the, the good of it in the grand scheme of things, right? That's right. With this one, 
there's wrong is against the rules and there's kosher. And that's where it gets a little blurry for me. Cause you can't say you did anything wrong, but, and I, like I told you, I did the same thing. I looked through my lineup and I was like, where will benching some of my players get me? Cause it's within the rules. Fuck. I'm doing yeah. everything I can to get it. Well, ahead. I looked at it, you know, I almost, I even considered fucking punting my whole lineup. Yeah. Me but too. It was the problem was that it was too murky at the top. Like I had the opportunity to finish as high as first or as low as third, but the bottom was so hard to predict. I mean, yeah. look at that movement. Gary moved up one spot. Cam moved up two spots. Bishop moved down two spots. Da- Davin moved up two spots. Spencer moved down two spots. Like there was no way to predict how those final five teams are going to shake out. So I was like, why the fuck would I punt my lineup? Or why would I, you know, like I have no idea who the fuck I'm going to end up playing anyway. So it doesn't matter what I do with my lineup, really. I, one of the very first things I did when I was looking if I was going to mail in my own lineup was I checked if it was going to fuck with anybody else. Yeah. Cause I think that's the, and when I was saying to you in the chat, like, cause you, out of nowhere, you were like, look at Bishop's pool, Spencer week four, a uh, guy on the street corner did leave a kicker in his lineup in week five. Like guy nobody fucking the, cares. Guy on the street corner. Because this is the last week before playoffs and, and it's such a whack-a-mole thing to get to this line that you I don't think you can put it on the other person. Like you can't you can't look at other people in the pool and go, Well, you should have known that it might not be convenient for me to set a kicker in week fifteen or week fourteen. Yeah. You can't you can't work that into your strategy. Right. But there's two different approaches, right? Like I spoke to Cam about it. I actually like I addressed Cam in the chat. He never responded. I actually tried calling Cam on the phone. He ignored me. I left him a voicemail. Because he's probably ready to fucking poke you out. But Cam took the butt hurt. Like, how could you do this to me? You might ruin my season. But when I spoke to Team Dinner and expressed my condolences about him missing the playoffs, all he said was, "Yeah, I should have started guiding. If I started guiding, I'm in." So, it's just two different outlooks. Dinner wasn't reliant on anybody else to win to get in. He he made his own bet. So it's a whole different ballgame. And that's what I was saying yeah. when I came in. Like, if you or me were in that spot, you'd be fucking pissed too. I'd be fucking pissed too. Ryan had an interesting take on it in the group chat. Ryan was like, basically, unless it's formally in the rules that I must start a full lineup, I reserve the right to do whatever the fuck I want with my team yeah. on whatever fucking week. He said, I don't, like Ryan said, there are no friends of fantasy football. I don't give a fuck who I offend. I don't give a fuck who I hurt. If I feel like benching my lineup will benefit me in a playoff run, I'm going to fucking do it. Deal with it. I was like, wow. And I, again, that goes back to the wrong, illegal yep. versus kosher. Yeah. And I read Ryan's comment and I was like, yeah, that's that comment makes a lot of sense from a guy who's not in this fucking position whatsoever and also is saying, all the things that he would do. He's not saying how he would feel if it was done to him. This dates back to a couple of years back. We've referred to this on the show already. The uh, D'Angelo Williams gate of a few years back. Yeah. And to me, that was the big kicker right there. Cause I was like, we changed the whole fucking system because somebody who's has zero relevance at the end of the day, rigged the system to get a player on waivers. Yeah. But we're all going to sit back and go, Oh, people's playoffs fates can be determined in week 14 because of this. And it's cool. We'll just yep. go on. 
at the time we applauded Steve Power for being like, holy fuck, balls of steel to punt your week in a season where at the time you only have 13 games. So every win, every loss is crucial. He literally punted a week to get D'Angelo Williams. I don't know how that worked out for him, but cheers to that. But at the same time, we are like, we have to fix this. Yeah. You know, and then we had a vote and then we changed the waiver system to waiver auction budget. So at the end of the day, it's just like gap rectification. This is where you see the problems and you you kind of fix them up. Right. But I, I don't know if I'm going to be on my own on this or not, but I, I think it should be a rule that you should have to set a full lineup. It's, it's the requirement. Yep. But we will, we will address it, but it'll be at least set in stone, you know, one way or the other. So that if we do vote on having to have a full lineup and you don't comply we will garnish waiver dollars and then like increase the penalty as the season goes on to the point where you literally have no waiver dollars left. Um, so what do you do if you have no waiver dollars? Well, then I, I don't know. Again, I'm just spitballing ideas. I'm with you. Like, I think there should be a strict kind of punishment, like to the point that if you want to go without a player in your lineup, you're going to add 25 bucks to the prize pool for every player. Yeah, there you or, go. Or you lose a roster spot. For yeah, the once you're, once you're out of web, paying attention. Once you're out of web, you have to pay physical cash money to the player. Yeah. yeah. but Because that's other- the reality. You, you don't go into an NFL game and be like, ooh, yeah, I had roster problems this week, so we're just going to go without a quarterback. That's right. You know, they play Kendall Hinton at quarterback because you got to figure it out. Right. But on so the other hand. be any different here? On the other hand, if we – if the vote goes – that you should be able to do whatever you want with your lineups going forward and expect full-blown fucking chaos come oh, next yeah. year. Yeah. The problem, I and honestly, I'm on either side of the fence. Like with any vote in this league, I would I can respect abstain. both sides of the argument. Like I feel my way about it, but I, I can respect the other side and I'm all about it. Like I push the limits within the rules whenever it's, I can. It's ironic because the and they actually discussed this on another podcast that I frequent today and somebody brought it up and one of the guy, one of the hosts said I don't mind teams being allowed to set whatever lineup they want he said the only issue then are vendettas and he said specifically for commissioners he said whatever it is people always want to beat their commissioners so he said if you got a guy if you're a commissioner in any given season it's down among those fringe teams and somebody locked up in a playoff spot. It's like, fuck the commissioner. I don't want this guy to make the playoffs. You'll see teams punting lineups specifically for vendetta purposes, not even to benefit their team, just for the sake of pure vendetta. Be like, yeah. fuck him. I don't care about how good his team is. I just don't want him in as a person. <laughs> and that's when it gets, you know, kind of gray. But like Ryan said, no friendships in fantasy football, man. Something else, now that the regular season is done, something else I'd like to discuss in the offseason, too, is some sort of consolation prize. Yeah, that's long overdue. Yeah, I agree, man. Like Ryan said today, like, so I can check out now? I'm like, yeah, basically you can. Like, there's nothing to play for. Like, maybe, like, choice of a draft pick, you know, yeah. like, or not even choice of draft pick, even like we're a redraft league. And for the most part, like everyone comes back every year. 
Like, why not let those bottom four teams, based on how the consolation bracket plays out, why not let those four guys choose their draft picks for next season based on That's how... That's a good idea. Right? So then you got four draft picks locked up, first of all. Then when it comes to me doing a draft lottery, I only got to fuck with eight teams instead of 12, which is awesome. And the irony is that those guys, everyone's pretty savvy in this pool. I don't think they would choose spot one, two, three, four. I think people would yeah. want to choose draft from different positions. Well, look at you this year. You drafted 12th and you finished first. It's pretty fucking good. Not yeah. bad. Uh, Power drafted fourth. I drafted second. I think I was second. So everyone's kind of all over the place. So, but I think we I don't have any good like ideas that. for consolation off the top of my head, but it's definitely something I think is overdue. Even though, like, just again, just spitballing with that idea of, say, draft picks, draft pick choice for the eliminated teams, I still think those guys should be locked out from dropping ads. I just think that yeah. they like they got to play with what they got. Exactly. I'm a firm believer if you're not in the money, if you're not in the running, for one of the cash prizes or the title, I'm a firm, firm believer of uh, being locked out. Unless it was, if this was a keeper pool or a dynasty pool, definitely not. But the fact that it's just a redraft, uh, there's no reason for those guys to make ads, even if there is a consolation. But I would like to put something in. So we got I feel a like that's something things. you wouldn't get any pushback on either. No, I don't think so, man. Make the I think make the largely most everybody's in with the whole. You don't make right. the main playoffs. You get your roster locked. Right. But at the end of the day, we, we wait fucking what? Eight months between seasons, man. It's fucking yeah. brutal. The least we can do is give the eliminated teams another fucking two to three weeks to be involved. So I'd like to put something else on the table for next year too. Yeah. What's that? I want to see that buy-in go through the fucking roof. Man, I hear you. I hear you. Because to me, like, I want this to be the last season that people are fucking asleep at the wheel in this league and, and yeah. going like, uh, yeah, I don't know if we want to make a deal. Like 75 bucks is that. not like, I mean, fuck, I've spent 75 bucks on so much stupid shit in my life. Like, I'm with you, man. I don't know if everyone be down with it, but I'd play for two. I don't know either. I don't give a fuck. I'd fucking go a thousand dollars if it guaranteed that there'd be nothing but big dogs at the table. Like, let's have a real competition here. And even if, um, like, if the buying's an issue, like we could say, like, you know, say pay like half before the draft, and then the other half by week four, like yeah. to help break it up. The TBLC know? installment plan. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> you get a high interest TV by week eight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> By week eight, like your buy-in is actually three fifty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm definitely up for playing for more cash. Like, not. Necessarily... I can see some people not being into that, but in the in, in like the big picture, that's something that really ups the integrity of your league because no, nobody's spending that kind of money and they're just coming and hitting auto set on their lineup and checking out. Oh man, if I got, I mean, I already spend an unhealthy amount of time managing my team. If we're playing for 250 or more, fuck, I might tattoo my fucking roster on my face. <laughs> I'll, I'll call that. Yeah, okay. But also a massive increase that. like that. Like there's nothing against anybody in this pool. I've fucking got no issue with anybody, but it's gonna you're gonna have some people that make some decisions. Like, do I want to do this at that money or not? I would honestly like I go down through lists like 
I would do it. You would do it. Power would do it. Uh, Cam, God, Cam would play. For Cam would do it twice. Cam would pay for 250 bucks a week. Yeah, Cam would be like, I'll take two teams. Bishop, I'm not sure. Davin, I'm not sure. Spence, I think, would be in. Adam would 100% be in. Yeah. Justin would be reserved, but he would probably be in. Ryan, I th- think, would play. And Sean, I mean, Sean would definitely play. Thank you, Miss Spencer. Um, there. The only one that I think would be reserved, and this is not a shot at Gary, but I think it would be Gary. We discussed up in the ante not that long ago, and Gary made a point of saying that, like, I already spend a lot on fantasy football. He said, like, I'm basically at my annual threshold, and he mm-hmm. made a suggestion that any higher buy-in might be enough for him to bow out. But Well, my suggestion of Nolan would be to start winning more. Yes. And then you'd have the money coming in. That's right. You pay. And then you could put the money out. I play in an, uh, I, sorry, I don't play in another league. A friend of mine plays in a league and their buy-in is something crazy, like 500 bucks each, but it's structured so that basically in a 12 team league with a $500 buy-in, 10 of the 12 teams are getting some kind of money back. Like it's so crazy pay structure. Like, the winner, oh, that's interesting. The winner of the constellation bracket, like, yeah, it's more money, but like you're paying in 500, but even you're probably winning like 150. Like everyone's getting a little yeah, bit because your, your total pool there's like six grand exactly. So there's money to play with. Like, you can you can have first place win three thousand right? bucks. And that's well, they do well, they do like uh, on the high table. score of the week gets X amount of dollars, high scoring team of the year gets X amount of dollars. Obviously top three teams win prizes, but then the bottom two teams of the consolation bracket also win money. Like people are just getting money back left, right, and center. So I mean, anyway. let's go five grand. Let's do that. You t- take line of credit. Let's, mail it to let's you right fucking now. take out a line of credit. There you go. Five, four, five, two, zero. Um, <laughs> so let me check uh, my visa. We can go 10. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Let's okay. make it interesting. Yep. So just so you guys know, the buy-in next year will be jumping from $75 to $10,000. <laughs> yeah. Just a slight monetary increase. It's all. Better take a fucking second mortgage or something. <laughs> there you go. All right. Plenty of talk about TBLC this week. Lots to talk about. Let's now shift our focus to the Guillotine League Decapitation Nation. Was oh, it still happening? Uh, not for me, not for you. And still a thing? Not for Davin either, unfortunately. Davin, all Chuck and Darts, all Leslie Fake Chow. God knows how many other fucking names he's had this year. He couldn't go one of the weeks that Chuck the Dart on him, could he? No, no, that'd be too no. easy. God forbid. Again, we're down to five, four teams now. We had five teams last week. And we still got our predictions wrong again. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable how bad we are at this shit. Uh, Chuck and Dirtz was eliminated with a score of 109.22. Let's see. Tom Brady, 34. CeeDee Lamb, 15. Cordero, 14. Josh Jacobs, 10. Joe Mixon, 9. Dalton Schultz, 1.4. Gross. DJ Moore, 14. 
Daniel Carlson, 0.6. Jesus Christ. Saints D, 11. Davin's 109. Pretty respectable score. They haven't gotten some trouble. Obviously, when Schultz shit the bed and Mixon had an off game versus the 49ers. So, with Davin's team decapitated, we are down to the final four. Big blue party boat, mass executioner, Cam's executioner, and football team. It is noteworthy that Cam and Justin are in the final four for the second year in a row. So well done. Maybe not a luck league question mark. Yeah. Well, luck league for the rest of us. They know what they're doing, I guess. Yeah. Well, you think they know what they're doing, but Ryan, Ryan and Bishop are sneaky adds to that group too. I wouldn't have really picked either of them to go deep, to be fair. Like I'd say, Bishop more so than Ryan. Ryan's just kind of been sneaking in at the bottom of the pack every week. You say now he's now he's showing up when it counts. You say they know what they're doing, but Justin somehow not. I don't know if he didn't realize he had a web advantage over Cam, or if he just fucking took a Spencer Bugden cyanide pill when waivers went through last night. But Justin basically was guaranteed. Dalvin Terminator Cook after one of his biggest week of the season, 36 points with half shoulder. And Justin could have had him with a $3 bid. $3 automatically had him. Justin had $4 left. Cam had $2 left. So if he bid $3. He was the owner of one Dalvin Cook. And Justin just decided that I guess Cam didn't need him and put in a $0 bid. And Cam got Dalvin Cook. For one dollar, because you're fucking talking shit on him. I think that may cost Justin a season. As much as I like his running backs, Nick Chubb has not been the Nick Chubb of previous seasons this year, and he had a chance at a massive, massive upgrade with Cook, and did not take it. And I think that may cost him. Well, I hope so, because that'll cost you twenty-five CDN rent. Yep. Then, ironically, I don't really even know how this works. Cordero Patterson, winning offer, Cam's executioner, $0 bid. Non-winning offer, Cam's executioner, $0 invalid claim due to previous transaction. I don't even understand that. So do you put the same claim in twice? Can you do that? I don't know, apparently. Ryan picked up uh, some guy, C. Godwin, for a nice round $0. Wow, wow, wow. This league's a fucking cesspool. I think, man, I think Justin really dropped the ball there, and I am weary that I've doubled down on his team to help get me a fucking refund or rebate. I think you and your total experience of five weeks, six weeks, should be real leery when it comes to saying who dropped what ball. Man, you take... That's what I'm doing. You take Nick Chubb out of that lineup and put Dalvin Cook in there, and this team is a team that can fucking go all the way. Now I'm not so sure. Not so sure. He's maybe a little jaded after trading for Dalvin Cook and only getting one fucking week out of him. Anyway, we are down to four teams. Four, four teams. Man, I doubled up on Justin. 
still alive. Man, you're all in on Cam, still alive. It's noteworthy that Justin has a $4 budget, Cam has a $1 budget, and Ryan and Bishop have $0 as they've had for basically months now. It's noteworthy that Ryan just came off a 190-point week. That's a pretty big statement. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what's a statement. Look at Justin's points last week. Yeah, Ryan got 190 points, but... Is Justin uh, still doing the, the bench people when he doesn't oh, do yeah. anything? Okay. Look at the points Justin had, and look what he benched. I think Justin would have had something like 220-odd points. If he of course he would have, because I picked him to lose last week, so that's a career week for sure. Justin had 122 with Aaron Rodgers, 38, Cooper Cup, 31, and James Conner, 34 on his bench. Jesus. Yeah. So right. uh, 122 plus 38 is 160. Plus 31 is 191. Plus 34 is 224. If he played his full team, Christ almighty. Wow. Anyway. So I'm going to pick Bishop to lose this week. Okay. Just ripping the Band-Aid off. Bishop. Yeah. I want to get out in front of that one. Honestly, at this point, like, what do you even say bad about this team? Well, you don't. Or any of these teams. There's nothing you to don't. say about any of the teams. No. Like, um... No. And he's got a lot of parallels from his TBLC team, this team, Tyreek, Najee, Cordero. That's why I'm saying he's going to go down. And the, the worst part of it is that his quarterback's Justin Herbert. So he's coming into the week with mixed juju. Oh, no. Does he want Herbert to succeed or does he want him to fail? Oh, fuck. Oh, that's tough, man. And I'd that's, be going, that spot's going to put him in for a bad week, I think. I'd be going to the wire for a new QB. I could not do that. It's balls of steel. Right? And you're at the point there's got to be. I mean, Herbert's a big drop, obviously. But Holmes is out there. Dak Tom, is out there. Tom Brady's sitting there. Tom Brady's yeah. QB1. Nobody's picking him up. Fool's a cesspool. It's a fucking abomination. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't – and the sad thing is Bishop – this won't get out in time, so Bishop won't hear that. But Bishop, if you can read minds, get Herbert out of there, please. Next juju everywhere. I don't want that Herbert curse. And subsequently, if he goes off, it's going to be going off. In You're going to be celebrating in one pool and fucking crying in the other. <laughs> well, if anything, I just gave you a big plus in your TBLC match because if I pick him to go down here, that means he's going to explode in the TBLC side of it. That's right. Or other way around or something like that. Uh, well, pick Ryan last week. I was wrong. Always wrong. I'm already I picked. Why we do this? I mean, what? Fuck, man. Fuck it. I'll pick Bishop. To go down too. Fuck it. You can't just piggyback my prediction. Well, uh, that's oh, why I jumped out in front of it. Because you've been right every week, right? Well, I can't You're pick limiting Cam. our odds for one of us to get one right. I can't pick Cam because bad juju. I can't pick Justin because I'm, I'm okay. Well, I guess I pick Ryan. For the second week in a row. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Ryan. I don't know what to do. Josh Allen. I kind of, quick, I kind of wanted to pick Justin because I know he's going to – you fucked him when you picked him. For sure you did. There's no way he can go two, three. No, he fucked himself. Endorsement. He fucked himself by not picking up fucking Dalvin Cook when he had the chance this week. He was dead in the water as soon as you bet on him. You applied your guillotine skills to his good fortune, and it's done. Ryan's got Josh Allen banged up in a tough matchup against Carolina. 
I mean, what else do you say? This team's fucking loaded, man. Jefferson, Goblin, Fournette, Javante, Adams, Devo, Christ, man. It's like looking at the four teams at the NHL All-Star game and thinking you're yeah. actually going to pick one to lose. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Which of these teams blows? Like, yeah. none of them? Question mark? These teams are all crazy? So. Uh, what does Yahoo say? Who's projected to do what? Ryan's projected for the worst. 150. Oh, I'm 150. Bishop, 160. Justin, 157. Cam, 165. I mean, the hmm. predictions, the lowest projected team is 150 points. It's insane. <laughs> oh, I mean, but that's the point we're at. So. Somebody put this pool in a barrel and fucking light it on fire. A few more weeks, and you'll get your wish. We won't have to talk about guillotine for one. So are Thank you, you are you really, truly not returning next year? Uh, 100% for sure, yeah. I'm going to Well, so what are we, what are we going to do for the podcast then? I don't know. That's a you problem. So for the podcast, if you're going, this this could go very badly. So then what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to make you co-manager of my team so you have access to the league so you can discuss it. <laughs> well, it would be the best season you've ever had. Or the worst. I log in and check my team one day. You, you can't have, do the worst. You have, dropped, worse. you have dropped Jonathan Taylor. Like, what? <laughs> like, motherfucker, I only gave you access. You're not supposed to have an opinion. Anyway, yeah. I don't see any other way around it because you you want to. Oh, although you could, I suppose if I just make the league public, you could access it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Okay, so I pick Ryan again. Sorry, Ryan, and you pick Bishop. Yeah, sorry, Bishop. And uh, sorry, I don't know. I'm not saying sorry to Ryan. I'm sure his team will be fine. I don't know. Again, it's at the point of the pool where there's four teams left. We have money on two of the teams. So we're just going to flip-flop picking teams each week. Oh, it'll be dicey next week if Bishop or Ryan goes down. And you just immediately, like, let's say Bishop goes down this week. Like, all right, let's talk about decapitation agent. Ryan. Justin. Yeah, right. You just yell at it right away. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. What do I do now? <laughs> Damn it. Yep. Uh, yep. All right. That's all for Decapitation Nation week 14. This is the, in poker terms, this is the money bubble you are on. So the next team eliminated will be the first place loser, and the remaining three teams will officially all be in the money. So let's see. For what it's, for what it's worth, Justin was the bubble boy last year. Can he bubble again? I fucking hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be a story. Yep. Bubble two years in a row. Talking about somebody who'd take a fucking cyanide pill and not come back to this pool. Can you imagine? Bubble bubble to pay me, too. Don't worry. I've already got that EMT queued up. Just have to hit enter on it. What do you do? One, two, five, enter. That a boy. All right. Let's move on to the final segment of the week. The shirt of the week. Shirt of the week. Shirt of the week. Shirt of the week. Big poopy and pants. Very nice. How much? I'm going All to right. America. 
<laughs> this is my sister, third biggest prostitute in all of Kazakhstan. <laughs> oh, that movie's so fucked up. You know it was gonna be fucked up. The opening scene is him making out with some chick for like two, four minutes. And then when he stops, he goes, This is my sister. Are you like, oh God? The second one was worse. Oh, they're so good though. They're so bad, they're good. That fucking period dance, man. That is not the same. Uh, when he comes out of the bathroom with the fucking shit in the bag. Oh my god. The Donald Trump it was amazing though. Oh, it was incredible. It was so funny. Uh-huh. Mike. <laughs> my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the girl. <laughs> oh fuck. All right. <laughs> On that note, share of the week for week 14. This week, it seemed only fitting that we take the shirt from a team that fell just short of the playoffs. Just so happened that this man was already labeled the shirt of the week at one point this season. That's right. Shirt of the week, your first ever two-time single season shirt. None other. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. That's right. I said when we made Travis Kelsey the shirt of the week the first time that I was in disbelief. And here we are a few weeks later. Travis Kelsey is the shirt of the week again. Christ. Three receptions on four targets for 20 Seven yards for a mere 5.7 points. Travis Kelsey was a very large trade chip for dinner at the deadline. He went hard for Berkeley and Kelsey from Sean and has gotten basically nothing from Kelsey. Berkeley's been slowly rounded back into form, still hasn't quite hit the big game on the yardage on the ground, but he's putting up fantasy points. He's fine in the end zone. But Kelsey, man, what the fuck is wrong with Travis Kelsey? This is crazy. I never connected the dots on dinner missing the playoffs by four fucking points on a Kelsey bust week. Travis Kelsey's had the exact same stat line two weeks in a row. 27 yards, three catches, 27 yards. What the fuck? Is this just who he is now? Well, no, because weeks prior to that was 19, 20, 18. I feel responsible because I had him in my DFS lineups. This is why he's fucking dead to me. He's going to cost I've, me a I've killed every fucking player I've put in a DFS lineup this year. It's gross. You're a fantasy killer. I mean, Kelsey's obviously still a world beater. I just think that this could be a combination of age, a combination of the... Uh, Chiefs offense not being as prolific as it once was. Uh, but in any event, Travis Kelsey's floor, I still think his ceiling is as high as it's been, but his floor is much, much, much lower. I mean, Travis Kelsey on a bad week last year, you're still looking at 12 to 15 points. That's in a down yeah. week, man. Travis Kelsey's boom games last year were 30 plus points, man. So he is yet to eclipse 30 points this season. His top score was actually week one, 25.6 points. So gross. If I was Adam, I'd be buying a Kelsey jersey and fucking setting it on fire. Yeah, there you go. Just, Just buy it and light it up. 
Don't even take the fucking tags off. No, use the tag as the fucking spark. That's right. Uh, Travis Kelsey seemed like the obvious shirt as team dinner lost by a mere four and a half, uh, less than five points. And when your all-world beater stud tight end puts up less than six, that is an easy scapegoat for the loss. So it's disgusting. Yeah, tough way to go. So sorry for your loss, team dinner. Um, but you can blame Travis Kelsey, your two-time, two-time shirt of the week. All right. Well, best of luck in your playoff match, friend. Said you know, yeah, not to you. Hope it goes terribly. We had the courtesy to pick each other to win anyway. So let's hope we're both right. Let's hope for once we both get our predictions right. How does that sound? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go with it. All right. Yeah, have a good night, buddy. Best of luck. Yeah, you too. I'll talk to you next week when we're both in the semifinals. Tilted as fuck. Why are you tilted already? Because injuries. Uh, I said next week when we're both tilted as fuck. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> next week. Well, yeah, it's I hope that it goes either one way or the other. Either we're both eliminated or we're both still in. I hope it's not one way or the other, because if so, it's going to make for a painful recording next week. (laughs) Yes, it is. Well, let's hope we both endure the same fate in the playoffs this week, whether it be good or bad. Indeed. All right, buddy. You have a good night. You too. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. Contact us anytime at theweeklyfantasyroundup at gmail.com.